Hi, I'm Aiden. And I'm Nate. And uh, well, welcome to our podcast on air, an ensemble stars podcast. I hate it. That was terrible. Okay, what? <laughs> okay, you you say it how you want. Say, start with saying your name. You what? say your name, then I say I'm Aiden, and then you can lead okay. us in however you like. Hi, I'm Nate. Hi, I'm Aiden. And this is On Air, an Ensemble Stars podcast. Marvelous. Before we start, I want to thank everyone who um, who followed our Twitter. Um, I yeah. noticed we have a number of Tsumugi fans. And yeah, I'm so sorry about that one. Yeah. We're like, did you even listen to I, what we said? I mean, if you if you are a Tsumugi lover and you are prepared to jump into the lion's den that this podcast will be. No, but they love it because they, they have to be masochists because they right. like Tsumugi. Right, right, right. We had one person follow us um, whose favorite characters were listed on their card as Tsumugi, Makoto, and Ibarra. You are... <laughs> Well, I like Ivara. Okay, I I don't particularly, um, and we both hate Makoto and Samugi, so you're in for a treat. Have fun. <laughs> um. So, news on our, Stars News. Our first news segment because we didn't do this last week. We did and not. And there's so much. So much happened in the week since we uploaded our last podcast. First of all, I think on the day that the podcast was uploaded, or maybe the day we recorded, Finder Girl came out. Yeah, uh, it was, I think it was after we recorded, but before the episode went up. Okay. But Finder Girl came out, and... A new event started. The, yeah. A new gotcha. The Four Seasons event. Came out. The, there's, who are the, who are the, who are the gotcha cards? Rene, Subaru, uh, Hirata, yeah. and, uh... Hero? Yeah, Hero. Great. All characters that I'm fairly neutral on. Uh, Rene, I hate, but anyway, <laughs> um, not not a busting year for me with regards to On Stars. Um. Also, last night I think the the Night Scenario Set Diffusion dropped. Mm-hmm. Has, the On Stars movie trailer dropped. I <laughs> hope that y'all are excited for the On Stars movie because I am in the worst way. Yeah. It. Well, <laughs> we'll get to it. Um. Let's start with, like, um, the gotchas, since I feel like we can get through those really quick. Not a lot to say. Yeah, the cards are good. The cards have been just great mm-hmm. consistently for the past couple of years. Um, yeah, it's really, really, like, uncommon for a card to come out and it just not be good, you know? Yeah, the Rene card, I have to admit, is cute, even and though Except for like when him. they're, like, feet cards. I feel like we've had an influx of those. Have we now? Yeah. If... <clears throat> How deep should we delve into this? There's someone, there is for sure someone on the OnStars art team who has a foot fetish that they don't try that hard to conceal. Yeah. And whenever they're commissioned to draw a card, things get messy. Yeah, the, I think that, like, in the past year, we've had, like, three 
foot gotchas. <laughs> the OnStar's foot artist is moving up in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the cards were really pretty. I really liked the theming of the gotcha with Rune. Um, but I didn't read that story, so I don't really have anything to talk about. Yeah, we couldn't find the translation for that story. We could find the translation for Hinata's card sub story mm -hmm. about how he's trying to choose an outfit for himself that distinguishes him from Utah. Um, and um, whenever we're like talking about like translations, if the person who translated is okay with it, then we're gonna like link them so that you can also read it and they can get credit. Um, so for the translations we're talking about today, one of them is not a proper translation. It's just like a live a live tweet thread but we'll uh -huh. we'll link all that for yeah. you if you want to read it um but i didn't actually even end up reading the hinata oh you didn't <laughs> no i'm slacking sorry oh uh, well um that's fine then i'll i'll just tell you um it's just two chapters uh hinata is like i said he's trying to design an outfit for himself without like thinking too much about two wink um, and, mm. but he keeps getting messed up because every time he and Yuta come together to like review the outfits they created, they match really well. And yeah. so they're trying to uh, make outfits that look distinguished. That's so cute. Um, and go on, go on. So cute. That's just cute. Well, he, he gets help, um, from Leo and Wataru who randomly ambush wow. him in the middle of a cafe and they're like, Hey, nobody that we know wants our help. So we've sought out a random underclassman who we can give advice to. Mm. And, um, Hinata perhaps unwisely, um, Took accepts it, yeah. their advice. That sounds um, really cute. I should have read it, but I will, um, eventually. Um... So, I, I'm i guessing that you didn't read Heroes. No, I'm I... Not oh, yeah. It was Hero, right? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. We no, can cut didn't. this, but I don't think you linked that to me. I didn't link it to you, though. <laughs> well, okay. Tell, tell me about that. I didn't read it either. Oh, fuck. Okay. I totally meant to, but I just forgot. There's like There's been so much. Yeah, so just... much has happened. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, well, go read and inform opinions on your own. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, also... The let's talk about the fusion song. Okay, is that what you want to move to next? I'm trying to go from like least to most to say. So like, okay, okay, we'll talk about like the event like at the end. Um, right. Um. So my first thought about the music video is that it's fucking funny. There's way too many characters on one stage. They they they, they all scurry around like little ants. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think all the best like fusions were definitely like with smaller units uh -huh. because i just like the the five member limit on units it's smart it's yeah she was smart for that one it it makes sense there's just like too many people and it makes it feel like like nobody really gets to perform well because sure. they're, like, they're all they all have to elbow around each other for even yeah. a moment the characters who are cute were cute Naru was fucking cute. Mm -hmm. Ritsu was cute. Kanata was cute. Um, Everybody but... was cute. Like, there was nothing, like, particularly wrong with it. It just was... Too many people. Yeah. Um, the song also kind of boring. I have nothing to say about the song. I had the hardest time even noticing it. It's it's a nothing song. It's like, it's like unfortunately, most Ryusetai songs and most Night songs, it's kind of a nothing. I, I think that both of them don't have, like, nothing music like 
I don't know, like Fide, but... Maybe they've got the perfect type of music that when you combine it, it cancels out. It <laughs> creates nothing. Sure. Um, the outfits were also kind of lame. Just I like, hated the tails. Why do, the why do they keep basic. doing the tails? I don't know. They had the tails again, like the anniversary outfits. Well, you're a furry, so... Well, no. <laughs> I'm not really, but... No disdain to our furry listeners. Love y'all. We love furries. Um... <laughs> We sound very insincere. Yeah, I don't know how to sound sincere about anything ever. Um, so the so my overall my overall thoughts on the MV is just that it was mostly kind of boring. Uh, it not, was not remarkable. I had a hard time not laughing the whole time at just everyone. The, like no, the funniest part, the funniest part is yeah. when uh, they do the hearts and it cuts from night nights who like all work together really perfectly to make, make this heart. heart and then it cuts to reset the hand their heart is like so wonky it looks like the nike so swish yeah you know what the whole music video really reminded me of hmm. when you're like on the wii and you're in like the the like me hub where all the me's that you've created live and mm-hmm. you like blow the whistle and they all rush in a big crowd mm-hmm. that was what the whole <gasps> <laughs> yeah, you get That's it? so funny, yeah. That's what the whole music video felt like. They oh. No, I gasped because silly. I can't believe I forgot to mention the new Chinese exclusive gotcha. Oh shit. H E. Yeah, H-E's new uh card. Show it to me again. Show um it It's very very beautiful. He looks great. Oh my god. Hello, sexy. Wow. This is this is life-changing. Um, some of the Chinese exclusive cards are so good. Yeah. Really, really good. Some of them, some of them, some of them are really I bad. don't mind uh, not having, but yeah, some of them are gorgeous, like this one. This yeah. is This is H.E. at perhaps his sexiest since Ensemble Square was, uh, was No was way, no way, because um, his, his, his Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day card, card. Yeah. ooh. He's been such a, a little noise. slut for us lately. <laughs> He was always like that. Are you kidding? Uh, not any real info on that. Just that it happened. It's great that it did, though. Another, We're all happy it did. Another thing that happened was a trailer for a full-length <laughs> theatrical <laughs> production, <laughs> like with the with the with the theatrical release. A movie, a and movie. we're getting an all-stars movie, everyone. With Woo! the randomest cast. Yeah, <laughs> I can't say the lineup makes me feel excited. I... Um, let's try and review. Uh, Sena Ritsu, mm-hmm. Makoto Mao, mm-hmm. Rei Nagisa, mm-hmm. Hinata, Kwaku, Mayo, and Ira. Mm-hmm. It's... <clears throat> I mean, I love many characters that are in this movie. I like... And, but I, yeah. I really don't get it. They're, they're not... Like, I, yeah, just because I love individual characters doesn't mean I want to see them together necessarily because, mm. like, they don't have a rich dynamic. I Yeah, but it's, like, an opportunity for new dynamics. But also, I like, guess so, but I'd rather the OnStars movie, like, mind established dynamics. Mm. Didn't it say in the trailer that Akira wrote the script? Well, anything that Akira wrote is going to be at least That fun. might not be true. Don't take my word for it, but I think it did. Okay. I, um, mean, I have... I, I worship that man. Um, 
he's 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 a brilliant writer and i'm sure that the movie will be fun to watch but yeah definitely I, it'll I, be I, fun no it would have been better if it was a group of characters that that had more established connections between them like i understand mal makoto ritsu and sena like that's that makes sense and mm. and throwing ray in there um also adds up yeah but, every, i mean everybody kind of like every character in on stars really they're like loosely connected but i i guess so um i do find it strange that like on stars has been like kind of pushing like this film theater uh, theater thing stuff. yeah like yeah. It, we've had a ton of stories and gotchas lately of like you know characters acting instead of doing idol work and so it makes sense that they would come up with a movie you know about that mm-hmm. like you know they've been preparing for it or something but none of the characters in the movie are the characters that they've been yeah like pushing out there to, yeah. to be, like, um, movie stars or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited it to is, see what... I'm excited to see what, like, they've come up with for it because I don't get it now, but also the trailer has, like, no real info in it. It, it, it has... Um, it does tell us that this movie will have a villain. Yeah. <laughs> I find so funny, and I, I, I can't help but think it's a terrible choice. It... To I don't know. Introduce yeah, this know. like ridiculous evil guy into the world of on. What? What? Sets... There's already been so many like ridiculous evil guys. It's like a staple of on stars. But what sets on stars apart, I think, is that all of the characters are sort of rich and believable people. And Wait, I have a uh, hard time. Believe... Yes, <laughs> I will fight you on this. I have a hard time believing that this film exclusive character, especially with the silly ass design that he seems to have, okay. is going to be as rich as even Gatekeeper. His design is silly, but imagine. Okay. 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 Some I'm speculation. Do Your you... speculation? <laughs> Do you think that we're going to, like, get in-app cards of this guy? Like, now or eventually? Yeah, no, we, we will. I'm sure we will. Or do you think he's going to be, like, totally movie-exclusive? Like, how much do you think that, like, the movie is going to carry over into, like, the app of, like, I think it would universe? be the better choice not to make him film-exclusive because, again, uh, on, on Star's characters... Uh, on Star's has set a certain standard of its characters, like, being developed to, 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 to a certain extent. Sure. I, I feel like no one will accept this new guy if he's not... Um, uh, given more limelight than a movie villain role could provide, or at least right. the very fucking least, I will not accept him as on stars canon. It took me a year to accept al- alkaloid characters as canon. <laughs> um, o- overall, like I know I'm just stingy and avoidant of change, but uh, this is this movie is definitely telegraphing like some kind of bold new direction for on stars, and mm-hmm. I don't know what it means, and I can't say I like it yet. Yeah. I find it fascinating fascinating that it's like, oh, it's been a year since SS. Yes, yes. They're skipping ahead another year, aren't they? Yeah, does that mean does that mean like that everyone's like graduated? Except for I guess the like Kaku Hinata, and Hinata Hinata's and a, is does this mean Hinata's a third year at high school now? Yeah, that'd be crazy. That is crazy. Um, and he still looks so young. He still he looks, looks exactly, exactly the, the same, same yeah. like a child. So that'll be interesting to see if they have any like like, because, I mean, obviously, I'm very stuck in past On Star's era. Yeah, and, and so, our podcast is going to be for at least three years. <laughs> I've done the math. Um, yeah, to get through all the stories um, in old On Star's 
So we will only really be talking about new on stars and like special episodes at in like the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when the movie comes out, I, we should do an episode about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But like, I'm personally like I still see like all like Ritsu and Mao and them as like second years, and now it's like oh they might be graduated now. Like what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I remember yeah, when right. like um, the third year class it was like in Santa said they were going to graduate. Mm-hmm. Okay, why don't we talk about the Four Seasons event? Um, yeah, okay, so first of all, let's talk about Finder Girl. I love Finder Girl. Finder Girl is one of my favorite songs that have come out of Onstars in a while. I have not been able to bring myself to like it. I might cut this out, but last night I got insanely high, and I listened to it, and I still didn't like it. <laughs> It still, it wasn't even good high. I I think it's it's not as bad as some of Trickstar's other music because Trickstar has produced some of the most unfortunate uh, music that I've ever heard. But um, I have like had Find a Girl on loop like since it since it came out. I love it. I think it's so fucking cute. The music video is cute. It really. I know that they're like you know, playing up the nostalgia for us, like, old OnStars players. Yeah, Nate and only I'm likes it because it takes place in Yumenisaki. No, that's not the only reason I like it, but I, the, this whole event, like, the nostalgia of it is, it really did get me. Like, it worked. I fell for it. I got so hyped for the event after seeing, like, the cards and the, like, um, story description and the music video. Oh my god, Yeah. You know what Finder Girl sounds like is it sounds royalty free. It I, the no, dumb I don't fuck think so. dubstep backbeat. That's the, into like every fucking all-star song. <laughs> well, I feel like it's really prominent here. It's no, but it's it's so I don't know how to explain why it's good. Maybe I could if I like sat down and thought about it really hard. Well, isn't and, that like, what you're supposed to, to do it. on the On Stars podcast? No, <laughs> no, I'm here to fucking say bullshit. Okay, that's um, true. but I'm glad you know what you're about. I just think it's I think it's really cute. I think it's really fun. I like that the that the song is supposed to be like a more generic love song because. Um, like Mao says in the story, Trickstar's never really done anything like that before. But I think mm. it really suits them. Um, sure, I, I I agree. I can I can get on board with that. Uh, so I just think it's really really cute. I think it's catchy. Um, the music video is awesome. I yeah, just seeing like Yuminosaki. They even even them like putting on like their second year ties again. <laughs> God, I could have cried so watching easy. this video. I know, but God, I they got you. They did. I you know I miss Yuminosaki. I miss when stories took place there. I miss when. You know, like, it almost seems stupid to say this, but, like, things were simpler. No, they were. <laughs> they definitely were. See, I, well, I would probably be like you if I ever read the news stories, but I still basically only read uh, single exclamation point era stories. Right. So but everything read, takes place in your But you read this event story. I, I Well, I read someone tweeting about what happened. Yeah, there's no proper... I don't think anyone's done a proper translation of this story. Mm. Um, but, like, the gist of it... Basically, it uh, felt more like an old OnStars story too, though. Honestly, basically, they just go around meeting all the characters in their grade, 
It, it's yeah. very nostalgic. They just go around the school having little reunions with Naru, Ritsu, Mika, who are all like hanging out together like they should be, like frogs on a lily pad, <laughs> and uh, Yuzuru and Tori and um, and and Soma and every everyone else. Yeah, it was it was really like I liked it. it was like lighthearted fluff basically. They're they're just, they're like taking pictures because their graduation is impending mm-hmm. and um and and they're they're like doing a yearbook thing, I yeah. think. Yeah, um, they yeah, they signed up to do photos for like yearbook committee or something. Yeah. The story the the story also has this subplot um about how the Sakura tree that they first met at is going to get cut down, which I did find moving um somewhat. Yeah. Um, I thought it was so funny that their solution was because they were like, "Well, there's we literally can't do anything to keep it from cutting down, yeah. so we're just gonna transplant like one that piece of it. And I feel like graph it onto some other tree. I feel like Akira like read the Wikipedia article on plant grafting and was like, "I've got to write a story about this." No, I don't think he wrote this one. Oh yeah, I th- I don't think it was him. Oh okay. Um. Well, whoever then. Um. The, I thought it was funny, uh, I, I noted this down, I thought it was funny how Mao was so astounded when student council couldn't stop the tree from getting uh-huh. cut down. He, <laughs> he's is, so used to Stuko having insane, uh, no ceiling on its power. Yeah, but I mean, but that, you know, the year before, they basically did. Yeah. Like, like... I guess Mao doesn't abuse his power like Aichi does. Yeah, um, maybe. Also, Mao doesn't have infinite money. Yeah, definitely. That, that was probably that's probably the difference. Um, but overall, um, this event was like so refreshing. It was so nostalgic, so sweet and cute. I I really 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 enjoyed it. Can we talk about Mouse Card? Mouse, Can we talk yeah, about Mouse? Shoujo ass. Oh, uh, it's so good. Fucking sad Kaneki Twitter icon card. <laughs> But it, oh, it's so cute! It's so it is no, it's sweet. I mean, he, it's like I I I I see it and I like him a little bit, and I don't usually care about Mao, but I'm like, see, I like okay. I like Mao, and so him being the five star for this event, like if it had been like Subaru, I would not like mm-hmm. it. I don't think as much. Well, yeah, but because Mao is like the perfect character for this story to focus yeah, on. Yeah, of course. He's yeah, the student no. council president, and it's... he's um. I don't know why else. It just feels right intuitively. <laughs> um, it's one of the, it's one of my favorite events in a while. Really, really, really like it. Um, I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Uh, so. Do you have Do you have any cards yet? Um, I have them all except Mao. Mm, but well, I I'm I still have you to get tomorrow. Him. I'll have to like grind because <laughs> tomorrow is uh, Saturday. So for us, but. So. This past week, um, I read the main story. Nate kind of thought about it. I skimmed a lot of it, but I've read main story like so many times. I don't. I didn't feel the need to go through the whole thing again because it's like so long. It is. It's it's insanely long. And um, but but I have never read the main story. I never really felt the need to. <clears throat> um, none of my favorite characters are really in it or get a lot of screen time in it except like Aichi. I watched the anime a while ago and felt fairly satisfied with my comprehension of the main story. Uh But I'm wrong. Um, I probably should have known this but the anime version of the main story is a lot shittier than the actual main story. Uh Um, and, And so 
I went into the reading the main story expecting to be like bored the whole time and to think it was shitty and 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 you know suffered from a lot of early installment weirdness with with Akira still figuring out the characters and that is the case to some extent. I mean, I think there's a lot of Monstar stuff that's better, but all in all, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected. Mm-hmm. It's a. a the, the, like, core elements of Akira's storytelling that make it good and fun. Oh, they're super present in main story. They are, yeah. They're very prevalent. The, the like, wordplay, the very heightened uh, language of war mm-hmm. and politics and violence that is, like, used to describe interpersonal relationships. Like, the intensity, the life and death um, a- aspect of, of these idol performances mm-hmm. is very much there. Um and it it was fun it felt it felt like shonen i really started to enjoy myself in the middle of it when they were like uh pulling that that trick on akatsuki with um yes it was fucking fun what a moment no main story is good i i used to like be one of those people who is like you have to read the main story you don't get on stars if you don't read the main story God, okay. I really feel like hmm. if you're gonna get into it, it is the perfect place to start. I, I do think it really exemplifies what On Stars is about. Mm-hmm. I think that it is a great introduction because if you enjoy the main story, even a little, you know you're gonna love the rest of On Stars. Mm, definitely. Um, and if you don't enjoy the main story, then you'll probably be limited in your ability to sort of penetrate into On Stars. <laughs> there will yeah, probably be stuff you true. can enjoy, but like. I mean, I, th- I definitely think people who don't love the... Because I've, I've seen and known many OnStars fans who didn't really love Main Story. I think So I think even if you don't, then there's still things in OnStars that you'll probably like. But I think, generally speaking, it really is a very, like, good intro to OnStars. It's a and good encapsulation of ha- Even if you're already like. really into OnStars, if you haven't read it... You should read it. <laughs> I would argue that being into On Stars and reading it is probably a better experience than reading it fresh. Speaking as someone who was into On Stars for a good four years before ever reading the main story, uh, I f- I feel like I it was it was an experience where I really got back what I gave, and it was so entertaining to read it while thinking about what I what else I knew about On Stars, comparing it to stuff mm-hmm. that comes later and such. Yeah, I understand that. I um, I read Main Story a while after I got not like that long, but like a few months after I got into On Stars for the first time, um, because I was being told basically by everyone that I should read it, um, and there wasn't like a lot. Like the whole thing was like translated in like bits here and there, yeah. and so I didn't really get the full picture of it. Um, but I returned to it later after being into On Stars, um, maybe for two years, and I read the whole thing because mm-hmm. the whole thing was available. Um, I think at that point, and I definitely agree that like it is a good read retrospectively. I think that, but I, I think that like if you are getting into On Stars, like maybe sure first you maybe read a couple stories here and there of characters you'll think you'll like mm-hmm. but i do think that like s- starting or like doing it close to when you first get into on stars is like beneficial also it has like a lot of like important plot shit that like yeah. gets referenced a lot yeah I, every, um, everyone everyone um so, you don't want to be confused about what the ddd is 
Well, no. <laughs> okay. Um, right. What, are you confused about what the DDD is? No, it's just, I, I was just thinking about how nobody knows what DDD means. Uh, it, it, it means didactic donger dompetition. Sure, whatever. It might as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that just reminded me of that. But also, but, I think I think that it, I think that even if you've read Main Story before, like when you were like first into Han Stars, like it's good to go back and read it again because it mm-hmm. it does just get more enjoyable. You're, you're talking like a, a a teacher at Bible study. Like <laughs> even if you have read Genesis, it's good to get a little uh, a little refresher on I, God's well, word. Well, I also feel that way about Genesis, so or the Bible in general. Wow. <laughs> I would, no I, wonder this guy is a non-stars fan, right? Seriously, I read the Bible recreationally, and I have for my whole life, so... Uh, to be clear, he's not Christian. He just does this for fun. I... <laughs> it's a good book. Um... But do, but do like, if you are, if you are trying to penetrate into it, do be aware that I think the first, um, let's call it book of the main story, uh, Hierarchy, and the second, Rebellion, um, I didn't enjoy them nearly as much as what came mm-hmm. afterwards. There is, there is a lot of early installment weirdness. Uh, Definitely. A- a- Akira leans into, like, weird, quirky personality traits like Subaru's love of money or Makoto being shy around girls that he eventually drops once he really gets a handle on the characters. Right, because they're not, like, people yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, just trying to give the reader something to cling on to, to, like, make you feel like these characters are people, basically. Do you want to give, like, a brief description in case anyone has listened this far doesn't know about the main story of on stars like you want to give a little summary of the plot sure so so this <laughs> <laughs> so there's this school it's kind for of a idols lot to do, it's kind of a lot to do like a summary like a lot happens so. okay let's let's just let's just do a very basic encapsulation mm. there's this school for idols this girl transfers in she's the first girl to ever transfer into the program, and she's greeted by these guys called Subaru Hokuto Makoto and Mao. And no, Mao's not there. Mao's not there, and they're the members of Trickstar and a unit. Units perform together, and they're trying to overthrow the current uh, status quo at the idol school, uh, headed up by the student council, whose president is a man named H.E. Tenshoin, who's always out sick. And um, so Trickstar guides uh, your character, who is this new transfer student girl, uh, sort of through the world of Yumenosaki for a while. You get to learn why they think it's corrupt. You get to know some of the, the faces that you'll be seeing a lot more throughout the, the, the story of OnStars. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, story of OnStars. Um <sighs> And uh, I can't stand you. <laughs> then there's 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 some. Then it gets into like uh, Trickstar's attempt to uh, win power, wrest power back from the student council with the help of the you know the masses, all the other kids in school who think the student council is tyrannical. Yeah. And um, they achieve this basically by winning. Um, dance competitions mm-hmm. and in the world of OnStar's dance competitions sort of serve a similar role to like pokemon battles in pokemon games where like all matters no matter how like serious and severe are always settled by them pretty effectively mm-hmm. um everyone like understands that losing an idol battle is uh equivalent to dying um, right <laughs> Um, depending on the ranking of the live, it can be literally end your entire career. And, um, 
then finally in the end Trickstar defeats uh, the student council and but Woo-hoo. but everyone in the student council is like Trickstar you've shown us what uh, true being an idol truly is and yeah. I love you um, yeah so everybody gets redeemed yeah it's a happy ending for everyone my burning question after finishing the story, and I, I, I'm sorry for skipping ahead to the end of the story. I guess we'll talk about things out of order. But my burning question is, did Aichi want to lose? Because he, I feel like he deliberately sabotaged himself on on so many occasions. I feel like, you know, with the knowledge of what actually happened during the war when Aichi took over the school, um we've seen how effective he can be and he compared to that his behavior in the main story seems very self-sabotaging mm. not only that but like what knowing everything about Aichi's character motivations how he's really not a self-centered guy at all and um what he cares about the most is the the art of of idols and and elevating that um that's definitely an interesting way to look at it because Trickstar really aren't that good. It's <laughs> it's not even just that they're like not not that good um, in like the music that Onstars has released because like that doesn't really that shouldn't really factor into yeah. the actual story. But what we know from the actual story, even so, I feel like you know Trickstar aren't that good, and there's I mean, a lot of constantly... emphasis on like the help that they yeah, get from exactly. like Ray or whatever that. That is, like, you know, makes them be able to, like, bring themselves up to the level of student council. Mm-hmm. Um, or Fine, um, or whoever that they had to, all the people they had to go against to get to the top. It's definitely, it's definitely, like, in the story that they aren't that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when I when I was first watching the anime, which does not tell the story effectively, uh-uh. I was thinking, it's so absurd that everyone banded together to help Trickstar when they don't have relationships with all these people and they're shit. Mm-hmm. But reading the main story, it makes sense that Trickstar gained all these allies. It's It develops very naturally, and I do believe that they would receive all this help. I, I, I still don't believe, though, that Aichi could lose to them in the way that he did if he didn't want to. I think I think it's definitely possible that Aichi like saw what they were doing and all the people that were helping them and like reevaluated like his choices and stuff because yeah, like you said, Aichi's really he's well he's wow, he's so interesting. He is. He's he's <laughs> so he's so say, layered. But, I don't want to go off topic too much. It's a beautiful little onion. Go as off topic as you want. We can custom both down. extremely and deeply selfish and also selfless. That is the contradiction. There, are, I've been thinking about this. I don't really know how to delve into this yet. I think I need to think about it more. But this main story, like, really puts front and center some like philosophical ideas that I think OnStars is always exploring. That's the conflicts between like um like collectivism and individualism. Yeah. Like self-interest and the interests of the community. Aichi has this long 
um, sort of philosophical screed that he delivers to Trickstar about how he believes, how he rejects the idea of talent and genius that makes individuals rise above others. And, and he wants to create a world where everyone like works perfectly together and the idol industry is the thing that's being lifted up rather than individual idols. Aichi communist moments? <laughs> Comrade Aichi? Yeah. Yeah, no wonder he and Hanjime get along. Seriously. <laughs> um, poverty leaves no leisure. Um... And I, on, on one hand, that's ridiculous because Ichi adores talent and he adores genius. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I think he understands that the only world in which he personally can succeed is one in which talent and genius are irrelevant. Sure. And, 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 and I think that's one of the conflicts at the heart of his character. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree. And that's why, that's like, I've thought about it before, and it's definitely one of the things that makes him so interesting. And because all like that mixed with like his drive and his like determination to like achieve whatever it is that he wants to achieve, no matter what, yeah, like creates like it makes sense that it would create all these conflicts that it's created like within the story, and so everything in context of each other like makes sense, mm -hmm. like that it happened like that. Like the war and then the rebellion and stuff. Yeah. I, I believe, I mean, H.E. is definitely a conflicted enough guy that it is very easy for me to believe that he could dedicate himself to the war and then achieve it and then allow all of those achievements to be um, dismantled after a few months. Yeah. Because he was like, I don't know if I like this. Right, right. God, he's so good. He is. H.E. is great. When H.E. When appeared in the story... I was like, oh, this is when it becomes readable. He, he, is, he is an outcropping that I can cling to in stormy weather. I love him so much. Mm, me too, me too. I want to talk about Subaru. Okay. Um, I like Subaru now. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I'm, my mind has completely changed. Just because you read main story? Just because I read main story, wow. yeah. I, I, I'm going to be real with you. He's the best in main story. In my opinion. Yeah. I don't think that any of his other stories are anywhere near as good. Okay. Like well, his individual stories or like sto yeah. other Trickstar stories. I mean, I've I never definitely liked don't him. like him nearly as much. The only thing I've ever read that I liked him in was Meteor Impact. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I still I still feel basically the same about the other Trickstar guys. I hate Makoto. Oh, he, the more, it doesn't matter. Every story with him, like, the it's more, more infuriating. The more I more yeah. And like I, I uh, him with Subaru is so obnoxious too. Mm, I, yeah, like, I feel he like ruins Subaru. Right together, really. He just... ruins Sena. He fucking ruins Sena. Um uh, yeah, M Makoto is a disgusting, pathetic little slime ball, and I wanna fucking grind him into the sidewalk with my heels. Um like I would some kind of beetle. Uh I, I would never do that to a beetle. They're too precious, but Makoto is not. And as for Mao and Hokuto, like, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. But Subaru is so interesting. He presents himself as this happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And he, he says stuff to Anzu like, you know, I never get depressed, so I don't understand people when they're depressed, and I can't sympathize with them. Mm -hmm. And... He says that he used to have no friends because he was like a clown, class clown type who was like insensitive to other people's sadness and never could read the room and was obnoxious. He's lying. He's fucking lying. Oh, yeah. 
he, number one, read Meteor Impact. He is the gloomiest, meanest bitch ever. <laughs> yeah. That's who he was in first year. And I know, I know that he's talking to Chiaki, who he still openly hates, even in the main story. Mm. But, but uh, his whole personality is is affected by this gloominess. He's not a class clown, and he he feels misery even in the main story and like all the yeah, time no he's a he's, very he's got very, a very traumatized <laughs> he's a very traumatized guy mm-hmm. and so it raises this contradiction of why is this guy whose true inclination is actually he's a very self-serving self-absorbed person he doesn't think about other people all that much he has an incredible capacity to be cold and cruel and he's kind of gloomy. So why is he so obsessed, like desperate to keep up this facade of being happy-go-lucky? I think he's terrified of negative emotions. I think he doesn't know how to handle them and he copes with them by pretending they don't exist. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And that's like, I'm, I know the last episode we talked about it like very briefly, but Subaru is a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that doesn't make me like him. Um, it's hard to find a character nonsense that isn't interesting. Um, but I still do find him very interesting. I don't think that that gets explored or utilized like as much as it could or maybe should. Mm. Um, and I do feel that way about a lot of like OnStar's characters too. But there's always more time, so who knows. But no, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. So you... you that has like... M- made him interesting enough for you to like like him yeah i like him at least in the main story i'm like a i'm like a subaru fan when i a character being interesting is enough to make me like them i yeah i he reminds me it reminds me of leo almost because Mm -hmm. leo is also a a desperately unpleasant and miserable person who has this this happy-go-lucky childish facade but i feel like subaru's real personality (laughs) is what what i was just gonna say that that's just how redheads are i guess (laughs) You also have Hinata who's like that. That's true. Um, <laughs> Not quite to the same extent. But. but the thing about Subaru and Leo is that I think Subaru's real personality is even more distant from his fake personality. Mm-hmm. Leo is semi-genuine when he's acting out. Mm-hmm. I think that Subaru is completely fake. Oh no, definitely. Definitely. Um. So yeah, I... Last, no, so Subaru <laughs> fans have a reason to listen now. Well, maybe. I don't know. I've never seen someone who said they liked Subaru because he was such a fake, cold-blooded bitch. I, I've seen some people, but no, most people that I see who like him don't seem to acknowledge that that much. And I don't know if they just assume that like everybody knows so they don't feel the need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Which should be true because it's really obvious from... Mm-hmm. You it's know. why it's why I didn't like him at first until it was until it manifested in such an interesting way. I still like don't like Subaru's sort of role as the protagonist of On Stars. I or, or the face of On Stars. I think it's weird for that character. <laughs> I don't I don't think he deserves it quite. Um, and Trickstar, I don't think deserves it because their in-group dynamics are not nearly as interesting as almost every other unit. Oh yeah, I definitely feel like that. Like I think that they like tease that it being really interesting. Like when when they're like talking about like oh this other guy that we know, and then it's revealed that it's Mao and that he's in student council. That's mm-hmm. like 
really really interesting and you're like really excited to like see how that's gonna like affect like the story and the group dynamic but i feel like it just doesn't that much yeah not much comes of that you're right you're which right. is really sad because that's like so interesting uh, another thing another kind of random thing that i want to say about subaru is that i think it's so funny how in first year he personally witnessed both shu and kanata get their downfalls at the hand of Eiji, but he still didn't understand that student council equals bad until hajime got stood up yeah. by the audience <laughs> Um, I well, was, that makes sense because he he's likes Hajime and he yeah, didn't give a shit about Shu or Kanata. I, I seriously think that Subaru is like the type of person who like does not notice or factor in like people that he doesn't care about. Yeah, and 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 I, yeah, he's so interesting. I I find him interesting, but I just I also find him very annoying and not very likable, and so I just don't like him. Sure. Sure. Um, and it's like I said, especially with Makoto, like their dynamic is just fucking obnoxious. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that you are of that opinion because I don't know. It's it's, it's interesting that I it's feel this way. It's very interesting how like what what a one eighty you took on that because you yeah. really would shit on him. I also feel like there's a, a sort of ongoing thing about like Epicureanism versus Stoicism. Epicureanism is basically living with the goal of happiness, and Stoicism is looking at life as uh, one as as a task at which you need to accept suffering. Right. Subaru is obviously like anti-suffering. He hates it, thinks it's unnecessary, always tries to dispel it or ignore it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I started to notice that, like, especially closer to the end of the main story. But all throughout, really, the other members of Trickstar are always kind of going through hell and, like, always having lengthy internal monologues about how miserable they are, but it's, like, all worth it. Or, like, they're sacrificing so much or they feel so scared that their bones could turn to paste, but, but, like, it's all worth it. Mm -hmm. But when when everyone else is struggling, Subaru doesn't even get internal monologues. Subaru is just, just, just happy about it. And... I, it's interesting. I don't have any conclusions about this, but mm-hmm. I wanted to forward it. I sure. I feel like Akira takes his writing for OnStars as seriously as Tolstoy took War and Peace, and I feel like yeah. OnStars <laughs> deserves to be analyzed on that level. I agree. I think that it's definitely... Like, OnStars has got so much substance in, like, it does. every it's insane. aspect. It's so funny! It's the last story you would expect to be like this. Yeah. But I'm grateful for that. Um, as as for other characters, uh, I, I don't think any of my opinions um, really changed, mm-hmm. except that I, where previously I was completely neutral on the teachers, now I fucking hate them. Oh, yeah. No, they're awful. They're awful. First of all, uh, Jean straight up sexually harassed Anzu. Yeah. Unforgivable. <laughs> um, Kunugi did not sexually harass a teenage girl, so he's not quite as bad, perhaps, but he's still fucking annoying as hell. He is such an immature, pathetic man-baby. Definitely. All of his, like, strictness and anger <laughs> comes from a place of deep insecurity, mm-hmm. and it's pathetic, and it's it's horrible to watch. I, I don't understand why anyone likes... That, because they don't, like, get enough, like, exploration to make them, like interesting enough to really latch on to to like justify their flaws their right. terrible terrible flaws like obviously 
so many characters on the OnStars have done like unforgivable things, but it's like you still like them because you know them. But like the teachers, you don't really get to know them. You just got you just get to see them like talk shit about Being each other and be terrible. And, and it's like, why are you even here? What? Seriously. Also about Anzu, um, I I became as I was reading. I became very uncomfortable with how people treat and talk about Anzu. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just worships her right off the bat. If I was her in this school, I would want out. I would be scared. I do find it strange. I know it's just because she's like the self-insert or whatever. But, but like, I think that's a poor self-insert because it's not appealing for me as a, the player. Definitely. And I, I made a note of this um, specifically when... She's in the infirmary with Hokuto, and uh -huh. he's, like, talking to her. It's like, you're our goddess, you're our only hope. And, no, not necessarily that, but that he was, like, apologizing so profusely for, like, bringing her into this situation. Oh. When, one, he didn't. Sure. Two, it's been one day, and three, the bad, horrible trauma that he's talking about having put her through was, was Koga, Koga stepping on her, on her face. <laughs> but I, I found it so fascinating that... So much importance had been, like, placed on, like, her and these, what seem in the moment to be very minor events mm -hmm. and are, like, I don't know, blown so far out of proportion um, that not only... Hokuto monologues for this entire chapter. It's just him talking. I just want to say. And it's so funny because it's titled monologue. And it's yeah. like, he knew what he was doing when he wrote this. and But it's ridiculous. I just want to break in to say that I did I did uh, use Word to find out how many words were in that monologue. And there were 1,489. Fantastic. Um, longest monologue in the whole main story. Um, But I... That that that's really the beginning of kind of like the real emphasis on like the war like yeah. theming of the story. Um and it's like I don't know, it didn't work for me. Like it just it, seems ridiculous. Hokuto specific specifically like in that specifically that moment. When OnStar's character is talking about the events in extremely heightened terms is such a staple of the series. Why didn't it work in that one moment? I don't know if it was because like it was the first moment and it it felt like it came out of nowhere or because of like the way that Anzu was being like treated up to that point mm. of where he he when he's talking to her in this like monologue in the infirmary it's like really, really dire, really serious. Like, Hokuto just, doesn't know if like doesn't know how like the like his future is gonna turn out or anything. And um, it's just so like in comparison to like what the story had been up to this point. And um, Anzi doesn't really have like any character, like any moments, especially. But she doesn't in general have many. But especially before this, like she didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. But like, Hokuto, like, already, like, considers her to be, like, a really, really important part of Trickstar. Yeah. And I think that that, it doesn't make sense, really, in, at many points. Um, but it does a lot more later. But at this, <laughs> at this point, it really just doesn't make a lot of sense. And yeah. it's out of left field. And it, 
like now if I was if this was like a, a different story in a different time then I probably wouldn't feel that way but it was the, the main first story. ever story yeah it's the yeah. first story basically mm-hmm. I don't know I said a lot of like stuff there that is pretty useless but <laughs> that's the point of the podcast sure. <laughs> it's it almost felt and I wouldn't say this if Hokuto wasn't such a raging misogynist in general but it almost felt misogynistic and like undervaluing of Anzu's agency. Yeah, it was weird. The way that he talks to and about her... He is very misogynistic. Extremely misogynistic. He... There there was one scene... um, There was one particular scene where Hokuto... Where where Makoto is like, you're a girl, right? You're not one of those cross-dressing guys. Because obviously (laughs) Makoto had to throw in some homophobia and transphobia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um... But then Hokuto says, no, you can tell she's a girl because of the way her body looks and is shaped. Like, why would you say that about a human being to their face? And Hokuto just says so much misogynistic shit. And it's especially weird in light of the fact that he's the one they're obviously shipping with Anzu the most in this story. Oh, yeah. And it's like, do they think that, do they think that girls playing this game want to be talked down to like that? It was definitely unsavory and off-putting. There's a lot, I mean, there's like a lot of content in the main story that is questionable and problematic. Mm-hmm. Much more so than I think in um, stories that come after it. Sure, sure. And aside from being, um, aside from like problematic elements, there's also like some characters who throughout the whole main story felt like off in their characterization. Um, some of them, like, severely to the detriment of their characterization. Uh, Izumi is the biggest example. I, I'm not even going to call him Sena for the main story. He's Izumi in this <laughs> um, it, It's so weird that they, that they make him, like, such an evil villain. Yeah, definitely, because, like... I mean, he gets character development, and that's a big part of it. But generally, I consider him to be, like, a very, like, tender person. Yeah. He's, like, very caring um, and And tries really hard, like, for everybody else. He continues to be, like, insane about Makoto. But, like, after this story, unless Yuki Yoshino, who who is one of the OnStars writers who really likes the Yandere trope, is is writing a story um, about Izumi, he is not, like this level of insane about Makoto after this. Yeah. He's not, like, violence and abuse mm-hmm. level insane. He's just, he's just like, uh, unpleasant. Sure. By the way, the fact that everyone in Knights was, like, aware of what Izumi was doing to Makoto and didn't <laughs> approve of it. Naru, Naru and Ritsu were like, yeah, we, we didn't like that he did that. But they didn't stop him. He had Makoto in a room for a week, and Naru was like, stop that. Hey, let him out. But, like, didn't make him. And that's yeah. so Knight's Core. It really is. It makes perfect sense. Not the keeping him in a room for a week, but that, like, nobody would say anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, love them. Um, my favorite scenes in the story... Uh, were um, number one, the scene where Tori takes out a taser and oh my like, god, yeah, 
and he and threatens like, Kuro with it. you and Kuro just takes it yeah, away. Yeah, Tori and... specifically says, die for my glory, which um, I really loved. It sounded like an Invader Zim quote. Mm. And um, yeah, Kuro just swipes it from him and he's like, you're like a little fox in a lion's clothing. You'd be mm. better off suckling on your mama's teat. And... Um, that comes in, like, the first, like, the 17th ever chapter of OnStar. Yeah, it, it's really early on. It's a, just it's a like perfect... like, at the very beginning. Or no, it's not even the... It's, like, at the end of Hierarchy, right? Yeah. It's just a perfect encapsulation of what OnStars is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that scene. I think it's so funny every time. The way that, the way that, um, Tori talks about, like, rounding up everybody that was there and like arresting them all the little piggies yeah i think it's funny also how um they're like so afraid to have to listen to kato's lectures because he goes on and then it's a threat of like life or death but like now there's a whole like club that's just dedicated to kato's lectures (laughs) oh redemption arc for kato i'm so happy for him he's got people who will listen to who's in that fucking circle the only one I remember is Mika. That's funny as shit. <laughs> Why does Mika want to do that? I think he's just there to kill time. I don't know. <laughs> Good. This actually comes before that, but the fight between Kuro and Kogo was magnificent. I actually did like even I make I made a note of that about how like the what is it the dragon's head the the dragon's, uh, dragon's fang competition. I actually I, I wrote it down the dragon king competition. The dragon king competition. How like it's it's a dream fest live yeah but it is kind of just a fist fight yeah <laughs> no but it's a fist fight where you have to play guitar and yeah. like what is more on stars than that so that that's always really fun can we talk about can we talk about the dragon king live for a second because there Absolutely. is a bizarre plot hole that i that i noticed when they are dis- when Makoto is describing the competition, uh, he describes it as a traditional ki- type of dream fest. It's been going on for generations. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like the mar- but it's like um, it's a, it's karate's a- clubs like dream fest. That yeah, they always do. and it's a title match. Um, for like the strongest man in the school, and the karate club has won like seven times over, mm-hmm. um, or whatever. Didn't Aichi invent Dreamfest last year? Yeah, I've, I'm assuming that, uh, like, yeah, that's weird. But I'm <laughs> assuming that, like, the sort of, like, you know, matches have been going on since before then. I get so, 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 so what you would forward is that s- singing and dancing competitions have kind of always been the bread and butter of Yumenosaki, but Aichi really formalized it. See, because that's the thing, Aichi revolutionized revolutionalized fuck i can't say this you right. said it revolutionized right the first time. yes Re- okay. revolutionized he revolutionized the system to make it riggable i feel like the system was like always there isn't there i can't remember what story isn't there like um like a sort of like history of like the on stars universe idol industry where it's, that's saga saga right saga is the one that goes into like back to the 60s right um is it not is it not mentioned? Not oh, I don't fucking remember. Um, I guess we'll find out when we read Saga in I don't know, a year or so. Um, but I, I, uh, I would assume that that Dreamfest type of matches have been going on at Yunosaki mm. probably since the school opened. Mm. Okay. Um, so I guess so. Okay. So I guess what we're going to say, 
I guess the, the our headcanon is that Ichi revolutionized the system he, I think so it, that he could rig it. Yeah, he he and in doing that he placed a lot more importance on it so that he could right. you know abuse it mm-hmm. to uh, get to the top. So of it the might school. not have like been a big deal before, uh-huh. but uh-huh. I don't think it's that big of a plot hole. <laughs> Kuro also said this line that like uh, the. The, this this ties into actually another sort of inconsistency where a lot of people talk about Aichi and the student council's regime as this like old, gummed up, crusty, uh, traditional way of doing things. And 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 Trickstar ties like they want to smash the old fashioned ways of the school. They they frame Aichi as the arbiter of like this long entrenched and outdated model of of running the school. And, and Kuro even says, like, you damn student council, you're entrenched in a system and you don't even understand who made it and why. But that's insane because we know that, like, the whole thing, Aichi did that, like, fucking six months ago. Um, I think that also ties back to Saga where the type of ideals that Aichi has and also... Um, and I mean, he shits on like old school idol industry too, but also a lot of the way that he does things and stuff like abusing his money and rigging lives and shit like that is definitely old school. It, so maybe the, like the school had kind of like fallen out of its, um, emphasis on like actually becoming an idol and producing idols. Yeah. Um, and yeah. H wanted to bring that back, but having a, like a, a mega school that's just like churning out perfect idols was like how things were like used to be mm. and so i feel like hu like returned to an older system even you know not exactly the same but that might be where that mindset like came from I see. because he he saw how like yuminosaki was like Nothing anymore. Decrepit. Yeah. Sure. It's just he a fucking. To bring it, he wanted to bring it to the glory it once had. It was basically like an abandoned warehouse that people just hung out in sometimes. Mm-hmm. I really, really love how in the anime, whenever they flash back to like the the year before, it's like cans um, everywhere. Yeah, the like year before Ate like started the war. It's just, like, literally just garbage and cans and bottles just yeah. all over the ground. <laughs> There's, like, somebody, like, passed out in the quarter. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, people just, like, adults just come there to get drunk. Um, um, you have anything more to say on that? No. <clears throat> uh, and finally, the third scene that I really, really loved was, and this is probably my favorite scene in the whole main story, was the end of the third episode, or the third book, or whatever you want to call it, when... Um, the, the big S1 that Trickstar wins by having Undead come in and uh, steal votes from Akatsuki. This, like, thing that happens sometimes in OnStars where, like, the, like, intricate rules of the, the, the competition system are, like, exploited by characters feels so shonen It feels like... Oh, yeah, It certainly. feels like when a JoJo protagonist, like, figures out the trick of, of the enemy stand. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really satisfying... Um, sometimes it's ridiculous and doesn't make sense, um, but but it I it's it's fun. It's 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 super fun. It's it's my favorite part of the story. I agree. I think that's probably also my favorite part of main story. It's really really fun and satisfying. It really makes you like feel like that that you're following this story for a reason. Like that like that this goal is attainable and you're kind of like there for it and watching it happen you know kind of maybe maybe you are on zoo you know <laughs> i don't know. shit um 
Um, and that's such an interesting thing to say. This is like part and parcel for shonen, but there's all this weird like time dilation shit where people are talking while they're singing or mm-hmm. they're like just like in two places at once. Like how like uh, Gene is the homeroom teacher, but he's also like always at the infirmary or people will like um, just go random places when they're supposed to be performing on stage or have conversations with each other on stage. This is one of the things about OnStars that you just have to accept, but it, it it's it's crazy how prominent it is here. It's it's really funny. I also find it funny how like other characters not from Yumanasaki will like come into like performances done by units from Yumanasaki and are like what the fuck are they doing literally <laughs> talking to each other in the middle you, of this live? Why are you chatting on stage? Yeah. And it's like it's like explicitly described that that's kind of like part of the culture there at Yunasaki is, is that hilarious. people just like talk to each other during lives. That is funny. Which though. is doesn't I don't even know how they even would manage to do that though, you know what I mean? Right. I mean there's so many like you have to be singing a song. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, where's the OnStar MV where they just are talking to each other? That's what I want. Oh, I would genuinely enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I made notes about uh, how many times OnStar's communicated, OnStar's characters communicated with each other telepathically. Um, which we we've been joking for a long time that that's something that OnStar's characters do. Um, but I, but I, but there were three super fucking egregious instances of it here. One, there was a scene where Hokuto paid Subaru and Makoto to keep their mouths shut. Plot, the plot, like, for this moment, like, hinged on the fact that they were being quiet. Subaru even held his breath the whole time. Hokuto commented that they were shuffling around. And yet, they still communicate full sentences to each other in parentheses. Yeah. That's telepathy. What else am I supposed to think that they're doing except communicating with telepathy? Now, see what happens? What happens is that one character will think something, and that's in parentheses, and the other character will assume what they've thought, and then also right. make it, like have thoughts about it. No, there was a similar. There was a similar thing, um, which is like a really ridiculous like. Um, yes, it's absurd. Yeah. There, there was a similar thing there where Makoto, when he was like going up against Tori at the finale of the DDD, was like, oh, I'm so happy I'm fighting a weak child. And Tori was like, hey, you're thinking something nasty about me, aren't you? Yeah. Like, how could you tell? We, you have brain powers. Everyone in OnStars just communicates with telepathy. Yeah, but somehow they cannot communicate at all to each other (laughs) right like emotionally yeah you'd think if they could communicate telepathically they could like share their thoughts and feelings a lot more easily right i guess they can but they just don't (laughs) maybe um there's and also koga must have time dilation powers because after kuro like kicks koga off the stage (laughs) it takes like five minutes for him to hit the ground he has a involved conversation with Subaru and Hokuto like while like, falling. Subaru and Hokuto are like man he's gonna he's coming over here we better move and they're like discussing like what they should do <laughs> and then so Koga's like hey, hey guys, guys by the way I'm falling on you <laughs> and then he gets in on the conversation um god it's really great um let's see uh, do you have any like stray observations I know I've been talking a, a lot about like the, the the, the the meta of on stars but did you have any shit that you noticed that you just want to bring up um i actually i took a couple of notes 
Um, I thought it was funny that Subaru suggested literally bombing student council on I stage. I took a note of that too. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to kill student council he, with bombs. He wanted to put real life, real explosive bombs to real life kill student council. I made like I made like statistics um, for how many times characters use death threats against each other, um, and uh, Subaru did it twice. One of them being the bombs. Tori did it twice. Uh, Soma did it once. Shockingly, not a lot for Soma. Um, <laughs> Koga, I counted two hundred and eight. Um, because he did say that he would kill Ray a hundred times over and then a hundred times again. Yeah, he did say that. Um, and all of Koga's death threats were directed at Ray exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is something I joke about all the time, but the sheer amount of times that Hajime says that he's poor. <laughs> fuck! I feel like... I can almost think that being his, poor is like a quirky, his, cute personality trait. His introductory line is, I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Literally those two words. Um, but it gets, it, gets, no it gets mentioned literally every time he speaks. Other characters also mention it constantly. It's like Hajime's thing is that he's poor. That yeah. he's poor in constantly dissociating. <laughs> <laughs> like... He's I such just a find freak. it so funny. When, I love Hajime because he's a freak. When, oh when my god, he, I like, adore him. When he brings Subaru tea, and Subaru's like, I'll just put it there, and Hajime starts to cry uh-huh. because Subaru wasn't, like, that nice about it. Okay. Um, he needs to be handled so gently. I I love him so fucking much. He's definitely working through some really intense mm-hmm. trauma of some... Some variety. Probably related to all the bears he's had to personally kill with his hands. Right. Can you imagine? God. By the way, here's 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 something um, minor that I wanted to bring up. Makoto is stated numerous times to be a gravure model. Mm-hmm. But gravure models are pinup girls. Okay, so this is mentioned a lot of times. A lot of characters are said to have done photo shoots like that in OnStars. Um, so I guess Pinup Girl is not like an entirely inaccurate way to describe it. I looked up Gravure Idol and I could not find any images that were not like lewd. They, in yeah, some they, I mean, they are, they are slightly lewd photos basically of like young. Generally girls, sometimes boys. But... That's so fucked. It's... Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, but it's... I guess it's pretty common. I don't think it's considered all of, all that, like, um... It's not... It's not, like, as sexual as, like, it seems to us. Really? I think... Yeah. Uh. Well, maybe. I guess I don't know that much and I shouldn't speak on it. Like, as an authority, because I'm not. Um... But it's something that's brought up quite often, especially in OnStars yeah, particularly. Yeah, I mean, they never talk about it as if it was, like, sexual work. I, that's not necessarily true. Okay. Sometimes, not, not but generally, nice. generally it's not, it's not, like, generally it's not talked about as if it's, like, inappropriate. I don't guess that I have anything else um, to say about the main story, or... Well, it's more like I feel like we've we've taken so long already. We've I think 
I mean, we've generally talked about like what we think is good and bad about it, and uh-huh. had some fun. So okay, I think um, we can move on to our end segment. Yeah, I forgot to come up with a question for that. Wait, let me think. Some. <laughs> uh, reminder: you can send in suggestions to our email, which is on air e n a i r yeah. podcast at gmail dot com. But no pressure, because we'll also come up with some. Yeah. Um, on our own. Um, let's see. Also follow us on Twitter, also on our podcast. Yeah. And just for updates and whatnot, you could submit, you could submit prompts there too, if you want to, but whatever, whatever. (laughs) We're just here for a laugh. So yeah. Which OnStars characters do you think would enjoy reading OnStars the most? Uh, Kato, obviously. Right, I guess he has a story that's kind of about that. Yeah. Um, Aichi? I don't. I don't know. You don't think Aichi would? But Aichi loves everything that is the focus of On Stars. Aichi just doesn't seem like the reading type. <laughs> that was a fucking funny thing to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, Ira. Well, no, but Ira's too much of a gimme. I also feel like Ira's not into fiction as much as he is into real celebrity. I think that if I think that if OnStars was a fan fiction about real idols, uh, then he would okay, read it yes. and love it. Okay, that's true. Um, which again, it canonically is. Yeah, I should have <laughs> thought about that before I, I I presented this question. Yeah. Well, who would hate OnStars? Do you think? Uh, easy me. Oh. <laughs> That's fun. I also think Shu um, would see little value in it. Um, maybe so. Oh, what? What? You think you think he might like it? I think Shu is the type to like, like really like things that are on the surface shitty, but that he personally gets a lot of like substance out of, and that's mm-hmm. how I feel about like. I feel like on size is like one of those things that like on the surface it doesn't seem very good, but it's like genuinely full of like, you know, a lot of substance and things to think about, and yeah. so I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, who else would hate on stars? My first thought, and I, I don't know why, but my first thought was Hokuto. I don't think Hokuto would enjoy it. Does Hokuto enjoy anything? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That's a great question. No, he always kind of manages to find a way to suffer through everything he does. Yeah. Um, um, king shit. I think I think I think there are a lot of characters who wouldn't read on stars, but I can't. Who I just can't, wouldn't bother, right? Yeah. Like I can't see Naru ever fucking um, engaging with it. I but I'm sure that there are characters. Um, I'm I'm not sure that there are like very many characters who would like read it and hate it. You know, there's there's a bustling sort of culture of people on Twitter I notice who like hate on stars just because it's so sort of pervasive in the public consciousness and they don't like get it or enjoy it personally. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of people who like used to be into on stars and like hate it now. Oh really? Now mm-hmm. who would be like that? Um, not to me. No, I don't think so. Genuinely, oh. uh, Nazina. Oh, I might have to go along with you on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else? I th- most of them, I think, just would, like, never read on stars. Yeah. Um, I guess that's all for us this week. 
we covered a lot. This episode has gotten quite long. We'll, we will hopefully be able to cut it down to just an hour, but I hope you like long podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. Or at least enjoy people talking about non-stars. If you haven't read Main Story, read it. You can use the Wayback Machine to read it on the wiki. That's what we did. Haha, <laughs> that's sneaky. Happy Elements, don't sue us. Don't sue the Wayback Machine. <laughs> um, they won't, but... Um, also, I'm sure that it'll... Well, actually, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of didn't think about this, but I guess it might not be on the English version of the app that's coming out. Um, yeah, it's, it's, still, we're still, still not sure clear. if if they're going to be translating English. If they do translate uh, original stories into English, then the main story will obviously be number one on the list. Yeah, or, I know. I saw a screenshot while I was like browsing through the English website. I saw a screenshot of a. Was um, this before uh, or after they like fixed it up? They it was after they had fixed it up, uh-huh. um, and but I saw a screenshot of uh, one of the SS stories, mm. and I was like, not the current ones going Kiseki on, but, series, right? And I was I was like, damn, that's old. That's that's like old old. That's yeah. like 2017, 2018, like very beginning twenty eighteen, and so that like goes back far. So if they translate that, um, they at least will translate main story. Um, which I guess that is part of the main story, but it's not like the original main story. Yeah. So, I don't know. Here's to hoping. Um, but read main story uh, if you like on stars. I do so. I do recommend it. All right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Tina next week. Oh, we're trying that out now. No.